In this episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast, we're taking a close look at high net worth individuals, those that have accumulated significant wealth, and they face unique challenges and opportunities when planning for retirement. And unlike the average person, their financial considerations go beyond the basics. So we're going to explore the distinct strategies and factors that come into play when securing a comfortable and prosperous retirement. That's coming up here on the Retirement Reality Podcast. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome in. Glad to have you on the show today. I'm Ben George with Mike Coyne, founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. Mike, uh, I know this topic of high net worth individuals, this is a clientele that you work with quite a bit, right? Yeah, and we're seeing more and more of these individuals um, over the years. And maybe that's just because uh, there's more of a comfort level. Maybe we've been around longer, but it just seems to be a, a growing area in our in our practice. Well, I'm looking forward to kind of learning more about how you approach this planning for this specific uh, group of people and we'll work through some of the unique situations you got to be aware of and some maybe some myths that uh, you might think are true, but actually could be hurting your your uh, your retirement and your nest egg. So we'll go through all that today. How's everything else around the office, Mike? You know, things are great here. We're busier than ever. Um, I think I've said the last few years, we've had our best year again that we've ever had. And and, and we're growing, so we're, we're adding more staff as well. So we uh, recently just hired two, two more uh, staff members just to help our clients and help service our clients better. That's awesome. Well, if you want to learn more, again, you can always log on, principalpreservationservices.com. There you'll find out plenty of information on Mike and his team. You also can check out all of our podcasts there, videos, a lot of content there. So if you're looking just to learn more first, you can always start there through the website. But if you want to go ahead and give them a call, that number is 855-987-8888. So again, we're talking high net worth individuals, Mike. So let's just start off by defining things then. So how would you define a high net worth individual? Yeah, I think we're, we're most, uh, I say the average investor, and I don't want to, you know, nobody wants to be average, but I see most of the, the people that we see come in here, the majority, I should say, fall in that, you know, half a million to, you know, one and a half, you know, one and three quarter million dollar mark. But once you get over that two, two and a half million dollars of retirement savings and more, we equate that as a high net worth individual. There definitely has to do a lot more planning, a lot more detail goes into the plan, a lot more things to think about. And there's usually a lot of different type of uh, investment holdings that we have to consider in taxes. So there's just a lot more effort on our side and, and planning on our side to help uh, that individual do some planning for retirement. So a little over, uh, to around two million is kind of where that, that level begins, roughly. Yeah, roughly, yeah. roughly. Okay. So, and you would agree then too that there's, I know you kind of talked about this, but there's more specialized situations that go into this, this group of people. Yeah, because most these individuals or, or you know households are having, they don't just have IRAs. They might actually not have a lot of IRAs because they were high income producing you know, during those working years that they didn't qualify to. Some of them didn't qualify to uh, put money into an IRAs. They made too much money. You know, so a lot of them have uh, these non-qualified investments. Uh, we're finding a lot of these individuals maybe were business owners as well. So they didn't have maybe a 401k plan. Some do, but a lot of them don't. So their investment makeup looks a little bit different than majority of the people we work with. So uh, we just have to navigate through those different retirement accounts because maybe they don't have a lot of pre-tax accounts like IRAs, 401ks. They have mostly um, kind of after-tax dollars. 
All right, let's talk about some of these unique situations then that um, anybody that kind of falls in this category should consider. Uh, let's start with some of those complexities. You touched on them a little bit, but what are some of the mo- more complex items that you have to deal with? Yeah, again, when it comes to different types of portfolios and because, like I said, most of these individuals have a lot more non-qualified investments, you know, after tax, you call these the individual accounts or the joint accounts with spouse. Uh, these are non-IRAs, non-Roths. Investing has to be done different because when, uh, you know, you don't want to have something so super active where it's going to cause capital gains or capital, you know, short-term gains, long-term gains, short-term losses, long-term losses. So you want to be very careful with uh, trading um, too actively in those kind of situations. But we're also seeing, so the investment portfolios can be totally different than, you know, like an IRA portfolio. Uh, but we're also looking at, you know, real estate. They, most of these individuals they're holding, they just, just didn't build their wealth one way. They're diversified and now they have maybe some real estate or, um, some some versions of real estate like uh, a DST Delaware statutory trust where they invested some of the the profits or you know did a 1031 exchange into one of these or real estate investment trust or they've done uh, they own real assets a real property personally that they've they've been managing so the key is diversification and utilizing all these pieces of their portfolio um, together to develop that plan. Again, they might be getting some farmland income. They might be getting some rental income. They might be getting a lot of dividends to help pay for things. So uh, definitely managing a lot of a lot of different buckets of money. I know you've seen a lot. You've been doing this for quite a while. Is there ever a situation or a portfolio that comes in that, that you haven't seen something before, like an asset or a way something structured or what somebody has? I mean, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, what we don't see a lot is, you know, people putting their um, like real estate into an IRA, <laughs> uh, but we have seen that. And uh, fortunately, that's something we don't do here. Uh, but if you are in that situation, um, fortunately, we have a few clients that are very good at it, and that's they're they're on top of that. Or you're putting gold into an IRA, some you know some precious metals. Those are a little bit different, um, but not a lot we haven't seen. Okay. You know, I would say most of what we uh, we do we've seen many times before. We're talking about retirement planning for high net worth individuals. Uh, of course, you got to factor in taxes, Mike. This is mm-hmm. a part that can really cut into someone that's got uh, this kind of money. So where, where, where are you looking specifically in tax planning when it comes to this category? Yeah, and a lot of these high net worth individuals, we find out who their CPA is, and we're working um, jointly with them. And so most of the time, they already have a good CPA. And I think it's good to know who that CPA is. And we have a authorization for with our client to consult and talk with them about things that we are doing. And uh, sometimes we get them on the phone with them. Um, they have yet to show up in our office, but we've done some phone calls with the CPA just so they have understanding of, of what we're doing tax-wise or CPA thought they should do this. And we're saying maybe it should be a little different. Let's get on the phone and talk about that. But uh, especially little things about some some tax savings. Maybe we're going to look at QCDs for them, qualified charitable distributions, if they're old enough to start contributing um, money to charities through their IRAs or 
donor advised funds to help save some money on taxes. You know, things like that is important to do, or we're going to make some some changes in their investment portfolio. We just want to make sure they're going to stay within this tax bracket. So again, working with a, a CPA is something we're typically not doing with, you know, an average investor, but more of a high net worth individual or, or household. Okay. Estates then is another kind of category where there are some unique situations here as, as you know, individuals and families are trying to figure out how to pass along a lot of these assets. Uh, what are some of the issues maybe that they run into or some of the unique situations they face here? Yeah, to make sure that having a true estate plan is correct. Um, now, uh, we're a big fan of having a revocable living trust. Some people say irrevocable, uh, you know, living trust to make sure it's, it's actually properly funded, done by somebody who's competent in estate planning. And when I say funded, that means transferring those assets into the name of the trust. It doesn't mean it's you lose you control those assets. You're the trustee, so you get to control those assets while it's in the trust. The key is you want to make sure it's done properly. Um, I can tell you, you know, more than what's on my hands, fingers on my hands, how many te- people I've met with in the last few years that they had a trust, but it wasn't funded. Hmm. And so they went with somebody thought that, okay, I gave them a few grand and, and now my, my state is done, but yet the attorney didn't fund the trust. It just, they did a trust and they left it up to the, you know, the client to put the assets in there. Well, 99% of the people don't know how to do that. Hmm. And so uh, I don't know if it was done intentionally or, or not, but if they were to pass with that estate plan as it was, even though they had a trust, that means they would still have to go through the probate court. Their estate would have to go through probate court. So again, the key is we are usually looking at the trust when they come in there, the power of attorneys for health care, for finances. Now, again, we're not attorneys. We don't do them here, but we'll, we'll look at them and see, I don't know if this is right. Let me refer you to one of my trusted attorneys that are on our list that we think would can look this over better and, and confirm whether this is right or not. So again, you want to make sure that's right. Also, when it comes to some of these high net worth individuals or farmers, I mean, farmland is, prices are crazy. You know, sometimes the farm's going to go to the the boys in the family. And if there's, you know, daughters, they, they're not going to get the farmland. Maybe they don't want anything to do with it or their, um, you know, son, you know, their husbands, you know, the son-in-laws don't want those either. A lot of times you have to plan and do like um, an islet, an irrevocable life insurance trust to so have a life insurance plan built in there to give to the maybe the children who are not going to be involved or be inheriting farmland. So again, it gets to be a lot more detailed for sure, because when you're dealing with a lot of real estate, sometimes in these situations, you have to make sure it's done properly. All right. We're talking about high net worth individuals and some of the unique uh planning strategies that come into play, some of the things you have to, to work through. Now, I know, Mike, everybody kind of thinks, okay, if I can get to a certain level, you know, a lot of my worries go away, right? I don't have to worry as much about planning. <laughs> I got enough money to where I can make a few mistakes and, it, you know, not, not be a big deal. So let's run through a few myths then that, that it would actually hurt some high net worth individuals if they kind of believe these sort of things. So first one I have for you is that I've got so much net worth now that I don't need to really worry about a sustainable withdrawal rate in retirement. Yeah, and I think that's that's a big myth. I've I've showed people they've come in. You know, I hate to say arrogant because I don't want to, you know. But there's been a few people who've come in there and says I, I'm going to start gifting my money because I'm, there's no way I'm going to spend it all. But their ex- monthly expenses are so high, and I 
when I run the scenario, you know, for them to show you, show them what retirement looks like, I show them running out of money. And I think it shocks them to know that they just thought there's no way I can, I can, you know, outlive this money, you know, that the money, you know, you know, so there's uh, a big misconception because you really still have to keep your, your numbers in check. And I had a, I think it was right before, uh, yeah, before 2021. So I think it was uh, before 2021 came along and we had a tough year. Um, and a lot of those tech stocks took a big hit in 20, no, 2022, sorry, t- took a big hit. Clients in 2021 thought they're doing great and, and uh, we're, we're going to have to gift stuff away. And, and um, they didn't have a lot of money before, but they, they accumulated in a short period of time. I had to show them that their money would run out, you know, while they're living without them gifting. And I think they were shocked and they didn't, I don't think they necessarily believe me. But a lot of those stock holdings that they did have, unfortunately, I just kind of watched, and some of them lost, you know, well over fifty percent hmm. uh, because they're so aggressive. And you have to just be careful. And so I think a, a, a big misconception there is not just the withdrawal rate, but also the, you know, the the safety of the investments still have to be managed and curtailed, and you know, constantly reviewed. All right, so that's the first myth here. Here's here's another one for you, Mike. Again, if you get to a certain point, you, you start thinking things are going to be a little bit easier. But you know, once you hit a certain level, you don't have to worry about creating any income in retirement because you got enough money. Yeah, and some of that that's true for certain people depends on you know. Now there's high net worth and there's you know some high high net worth individuals. Hmm. But you know, so some people are counting on dividends. Well, you also have to understand that dividends are not guarantees. They can companies can stop paying out dividends and that's happened we saw that in 2020 where a lot of companies that were paying really good dividends stopped them entirely and some of them still haven't picked up dividends where they left off or some have started but at a smaller dividend rate so you have to be careful about that but i think it's so important to have a distribution plan it has to be flexible enough too to understand where your money is coming from 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 what buckets and if something happened to maybe this area of your investments, whether it's real estate or a different, you know, sector of, um, you know, of the market that you have another place to draw money from. And so the key is having alternative plans because not everything goes perfect. So you need to plan for the worst, hope for the best. And, and, uh, but still you need to have some sort of strategy whether the markets are good or bad or real estate's good or bad or any of the sectors you're dealing with or farm farming could change or the price of of grain or corn can change uh, there's a lot of things that come into play and um, which i know a lot of farmers are holding on to a lot of you know corn at this time uh, just because prices weren't great so if you're counting that in the past it might not be the best time you know to liquidate that you might have to hold on to those silos full of that for a while mm-hmm. all right one more myth in here mike uh, dealing with estate planning you know once you get to a certain point too you, you've got a, a pretty nice nest egg and a nice amount of assets that you're able to pass on um the idea is that you don't really need to worry about estate planning because there's enough money to go around yeah no estate estate planning if you didn't have the proper plan it's going to be a nightmare hmm. and i i've seen people with just basic uh, estates, you know, under under a million, go through probate almost five years. So it's not about beneficiaries are important. Obviously, we need to have that, but you need to make sure it stays privately. And that's why I think the importance of having 
an irrevocable, you know, a revocable living trust, you might have to do that in conjunction with some irrevocable pieces to keep it keep it done privately. Because if you go through, just have a will, or if you have things that get contested in the probate courts, everybody gets to see what you have and who's getting it. And it's not just a target on your back, it's a target on the individuals who are expected to receive some of the money that or assets that you are wanting to pass down. So you have to really consider doing proper, double-checked, buttoned-up estate plan that looks good, smells good, and you might have to keep reviewing that because you have to do a little bit extra due diligence to make sure it's it's done right and tight. Um, you just don't want anybody to come after you. you know, when you're gone, you want to make sure it's as simple as can be, obviously with complicated estate, but still you want to make sure it's done properly. And when you're working with a law firm, you know you can pick anybody you want, but again, what if you're w- working with an attorney that might you know, might pass before you. I think it's important to work with a firm where they have multiple um, people that can step in in case something happens to that attorney, you know, because you might be doing a state plan at 65 and there might not, for 20, 25 years, might not need to talk to, you know, the attorney or something that happens to you or you and your spouse. Well, then that's where really all the planning comes down to it. Is this a single shop attorney or is this attorney with a part of a firm? Do they have people to step in to help as well? I think it's important and wise to work with somebody who they have. Um, they have a succession plan in the law firm. And uh, sometimes it's best to work with somebody who's a little bit younger to know that they're going to be around still working when you're retired. Yeah, a lot of these things, Mike, it seems like it would get easier by having more money. But it <laughs> sounds like a lot of cases it just becomes more complex to get it right. Yeah, it does. And I know it's, you know, um, that's just life. I mean, you have more mm-hmm. responsibility. And um, obviously, to have that, you know, most of the people who have established this kind of net worth have done it because they're hard workers. They, they've actually extended themselves to multiple levels, took big risks, either in business or in or investing or a uh, combination of that. Or farmland is a big risk as well, farming. So uh, usually they can handle it. But don't sell yourself short. Don't stop too early. Make sure it's done properly. Put that same effort in to make sure your whole estate that you've been working 40 years for is done right. Well, if you want to make sure yours is done right, again, principalpreservationservices.com is the website. You can contact my schedule meeting there through the website, but you can also call 855-987-8888. Got one question I want to run your way, Mike. Uh, kind of ties in a sure. little bit to what we're talking about in terms of withdrawals. In retirement, but David asks, I just turned 72 and I'm about to retire. I recently took a look at how much I'll have to start withdrawing from my IRAs and 401k because I'm a hold and they're forcing me to make withdrawals. Uh, between my social security and the money they're forcing me to take out, I'll have a higher income in retirement than I have right now while I'm working. So can they really make me withdraw that much? Yes. <laughs> so there is a minimum. That's what they call that required minimum distribution. So now, David, you just turned 72. So you do have until end of uh, the year you turn 73. So the year you turn 73 is the new RMD age, uh, not 72 like it was before this year's uh, Secure Act 2.0 passed and went to effect January of 2023. So you do have t- to the end of next year uh, to do that. You're forced to take that money out. Now, uh, there are some options as well. If you give to charity, David, you might want to, you can gift to charities. All of your RMDs are part of it if you want. And that won't count as income for you, which is nice because it's giving it to charity. 
um, the charity can get that that full amount without withholding any taxes. So it's something to, to navigate, and you also have to remember, David, since you stated you have an IRA and 401ks, you cannot combine those those two accounts and take an RMD only out of, out of one total RMD. They have to come separately from your IRAs. Your RMD has to come separately from your 401ks. They cannot be combined. So just so you know, so you do not get penalized, um, the new penalty is a 25% penalty if you don't take it out in a time uh, when it's due. So uh, you might want to set up a review here, David, just so we can talk and navigate through that. It sounds like this is a complicated situation, but um, you will be forced to take those out by December 31st next year. Yeah, great question and great reminder that there's a lot that goes into RMD uh, planning, right, Mike? It's not just yes. to start pulling your money out and go. Exactly, and that's where most people think it is, and it's it's a lot more details to it. And unfortunately, people uh, we've met, uh, their current advisors don't understand the rules of RMDs, and unfortunately, who pays the penalties? The clients do, not mm-hmm. not the advisor who doesn't understand the rules. All right, very good. Thanks for your question, David. If you have something on your mind, you want to run past Mike, you can always call 855-987-8888, or just log on, principalpreservationservices.com. You can connect uh, there as well maybe send a message in and we'll try to feature your question on the show if you have something for us but we appreciate your time as always mike i know high net worth individuals um, are in a, in a good position but you still have to take your time and do your due diligence to make sure you're doing all your planning necessary absolutely and not just for them but for everybody <laughs> yeah very true so thanks for listening to this episode of the retirement reality podcast from mike coinan i am ben george have a good week Investment advisory services offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Alpha Star, Principal Preservation Services, LLC, and Principal Wealth Services, LLC are separate and independent entities. Insurance products are offered through Principal Preservation Services, LLC, a Minnesota and Wisconsin insurance agency. Investment advice is offered through Principal Wealth Services, LLC. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products offered by Principal Preservation Services, LLC. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered or guaranteed by AlphaStar.